Hello again, everyone, and welcome back. This is the Emotional Eating Recovery Podcast. I am Addie, your licensed clinical social worker and a partner on this journey to emotional wellness. As usual, we will look at this topic from a faith-based and clinical evidence-based approach as we learn from each other, uh, learn about ourselves, and uh, you know, hopefully we can really share the insights, wisdom, knowledge, understanding uh, as we go through this process. So in my last episode, we started the conversation about you know, uh, relationships and stress, right? They just pretty much go hand in hand. Uh, we're not all robots. We have different interests, likes, dislikes, uh, tolerance levels. And, and so there is going to be a point where what we want and what we need may conflict with someone else's needs, right? And so today's episode is really going to focus on when we want to preserve the relationship. So last episode, we talked about things like, you know, explaining what the problem is, asking and being clear about what we want, you know, being willing to be flexible and negotiate the terms of that if needed, but to not get sidetracked, especially if we don't get the response that we want, right? Well, now in today's episode, we, as as I said, we're going to try and preserve that relationship. It's an important one to us. There's no reason to not give it a shot first, right? Um, but we're going to uh, look at it from four different... So we're considering the other person, right? So we know what we want, but we also, again, the world doesn't revolve around us. So we've got to consider them as well, right? So the four things we're going to look at is, number one, we're going to communicate in an honest manner, Right? We're going to consider the interests or perspectives of others. We're going to acknowledge or affirm, you know, uh, validate their feelings on the, on the situation that's presented. And we're going to try and be as easygoing as possible. Not, not uh, passive, not sentimental, or, or, you know, not backtracking, but we don't need to be bullying either, right? So honest, uh, we're going to show interest in the other person's perspective, validate their feelings, and try and make the conversation as light and easygoing as possible. So let's start first with um, the honesty. Well, you know, if you want to preserve a relationship, honesty is so crucial. It's like the foundational bare bones of uh, any relationship. And if you don't... uh, have an honest uh, interaction, if you don't feel like the person, someone's being honest with you, you know, the, that suspicion that is going to linger, you probably will find that the person withholds information from you that, you know, might be important for you to know, and you really won't get to know the actual real person. You're just going to get what they present to you, right? So we want to make sure that you know, if this is something we want for ourselves, it's something that we're willing to give the other person when we're interacting with them. So we're going to really be working to um, let them you know, know that, you know, you want to, you're open and willing to have a, a, an honest conversation. And the only way that you really can do that is if you're too interested in their perspective, right? And so 
when as we explore the interest and we show an interest in in their perspective or their opinions this is again another way to nurture the relationship because they're seeing okay this person isn't just being completely selfish they care about uh, how the decisions um coming out of this you know ask is going to affect me right and the bible does talk in uh philippians 2 verse 4 about you know not looking to your own interests but each of you to the interests of others. So it's biblical that we, um, we, we, again, remember that the world doesn't revolve around us and other people have different perspectives and to show the respect to allow them the ear and the space to be able to say where they're coming from. Okay, so after they've done that, then number three, we want to be able to, acknowledge and validate their feelings right we might doesn't mean we have to agree doesn't mean we have to think it makes sense they don't need our permission for how they can feel and it's not our uh, place to try and make someone think or feel a particular way right that's trying to control someone and that's not that's not gonna wait that's not the way to a healthy relationship so we affirm, we validate the, their feelings. We can respectfully say, well, you know, uh, we'll have to agree to disagree, right? I don't, I don't see it that way. I, I, I don't think I ever will, but I have to respect that that's where you are. And now wh where, we, where do we go from there? Where, what, can, what middle ground can we come to, right? Because then that's going back to the negotiating that we talked about in the last episode. And uh, so last but not least, we want to, again, be easygoing. There's no reason to start out uh, a conversation where you're trying to lie or manipulate or bully someone to get them to agree with your point of view or to get them to do something that you want. Again, that's not going to preserve any healthy relationship because you're, you're instilling fear. Again, the, there's the issue of trust that will come up. And, you know, you don't want a conversation that's probably already a difficult one to derail into some type of verbal altercation or, or the opposite, a complete shutdown where the person just feels completely unheard. Uh, they, they don't trust having you in their space because they, you know, you've not shown to be considerate of their feelings. And then, you know, they, they want to remove themselves from you, which is would be perfectly uh, in their right, right? So, in 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 7 to 15, you can read that. I'm just going to, again, pull out some of the pertinent um, scriptures. Now, this is, a, this is a conversation between Elijah the prophet and the widow at Zarephath. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Now, this is not um, a conversation where, you know, there's hostility and things like that. But I believe he did make some huge asks. So, you know, he knew exactly what he wanted. He was very specific about it, right? And it almost, it, not almost, to, to any one of us under similar circumstances, it would seem pretty unreasonable and selfish, right? And so, but let's see how Elijah manages to bring the widow on board 
to what it is that he's asking of her. And he uses these very same skills that we're talking about, you know, being honest and these, you know, showing interest in, in others, validating the feelings and being light. But he also uses some other of the previous skills that we talked about, such as um, being uh, being very specific about what it is, you know, and and be willing to ask so just because. Someone else might think, oh my gosh, this is just so unreasonable, self-centered, ridiculous. You still want to be true to yourself, right? And we talked about how not being sidetracked by someone's response. So if it is that you are, then that's part of the conversation. That's that's okay. And then that's where the negotiations can come in. So now let's go to, um, I'll, I'll just start reading. In verses 10... Uh, and so this is this is uh, Elijah, right? So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. Okay, so he asked, if he was very specific, he, he wanted something to drink. And then he was like, oh, yeah, uh, please make sure you add some bread uh, to that. Now, she's in the middle of gathering sticks. So he's actually asking her, stop, really, stop what you're doing, right? And go take care of my needs, right? She's thinking, well, I'm gathering these sticks. And in, in verse 12, she says, you know, surely as the, uh, the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. So she's now pushing back, you could say, right? And she's saying, look, I'm gathering some sticks because I'm at the end of my rope. I'm expecting for my son and I to have our last meal before we starve to death. So what are you asking me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So there's a little pushback. But you notice Elijah in verse 13, he said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. So she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So although again Elijah was asking for a huge ass, stop what you're doing, go take care of me, give me something to drink and to eat, a piece of bread, he was pretty clear what it is he wanted. And then she says, wait a minute, look, I'm in the middle of doing something pretty painful here, right? Um, gathering sticks, that's the last meal for myself and son before we starve to death. And he says, don't be afraid. So he's validating her feelings, right? Very legitimate, especially if she's saying, look, I only have a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug, right? So pretty reasonable. So he says, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me 
from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. So he still, again, is insisting, I need for you to put what you're doing aside and I need for you to take care of my physical needs right now, right? So although he acknowledges and validates her feelings, he said he tells her, go ahead and do what you have, what you have um, said. But first, before you make that bread for your son, for your son take care of me. And, you know, so he doesn't get sidetracked, right? He sticks to what it is he wants to accomplish. But notice, he does tell her, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up. And the jug of oil would not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. So she went away and did as Elijah had told her. Because he, uh, here, he's letting her know, look, this is what God is, uh, this is how God is going to take care of you. I can't take care of you. You probably will, she probably would start, starve to death. But God sent, God sent Elijah her way and with a message to, to the widow she obviously had to have faith that, you know, that he was telling her the truth, right? And is that honesty piece? He showed an interest in her perspective by telling her, look, don't be afraid. Go and do what you've said because God is going to take care of you, right? He kept it light. He didn't listen. You better do what I tell you because I'm a prophet and I'll, you know, have God take care of you. He doesn't threaten her or anything like that. He just keeps it light. He says, look, I still need you to put aside what you're going to do and take care of me. But God is then going to take care of you. And sure enough, you know, so there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. So, <clears throat> so what do we see Elijah uh, do here? He was um, he was pretty honest. He was gentle in his interaction with the with the widow, right? Because he told her, "God is gonna take care of you. Just put aside what you're doing, right?" So he was honest. He was being honest there. He showed an interest in where she was coming from um, by by validating her feelings, right? Because uh, he understood that she's thinking she's going to die, so he validates her feelings. And, and comforts her at the same time too, right? Because he lets her know, look, it's God is going to take care of you, but I do need for you to take care of my physical needs, right? Which is a huge ask for many of us. Uh, could make anyone struggle, right? But she went away and did as Elijah had told her. And the, the conversation didn't derail into, man, you're just really selfish, right? I mean, at least I'm going to go, I could make all of the bread for all three of us at the same time. She didn't say, you know, she just went and, and did as he told her, which is what he said. Make mine first, then go back and make something for you and your son, right? And that could be a struggle for many of us because it could just appear very self-centered, right? And that could derail a relationship, right? But again, he did let her know God is in the midst here. God is in this picture here. So you have nothing to be concerned about. And so obviously, without her having her own faith, this could go a a another way as well, right? But I do like that um, Elijah took it, um, took it out off of himself that, you know, this is just about me and what I want and let her know that, you know, God is in the midst. He's going to take care of her needs. 
And so, so that's basically it. Honesty, showing an interest in the other person's perspective, validating their feelings, whether or not we agree with it or not, validating their point of view, whether we agree with it or not, um, showing respect for that, right? Uh, uh, and then, of course, being keeping things as light as possible, not, like I said, resorting to any harsh tones or you know, uh, lies or manipulation in order to accomplish uh, what it is that we want. And God is willing to bless such a communication. So for today's homework, what is your, we talked a little bit about what your communication style is, but let's just talk a little bit, uh, you know, um, go a little bit deeper. You know, are you the assertive type? You know what to ask for. You're pretty clear. You know how to do it in a respectful way. Are you the passive-aggressive type? You say one thing, but your actions tell a different story, or you don't follow through on what you say you're going to do. Do you do you you know retreat into silent grudges, or you or do you make an effort to settle matters quickly with your adversary, as it says in Matthew five twenty-five? Because in um, you know in Proverbs Proverbs chapter seventeen verse one. It says, you know, it is better to eat a dry crust of bread in peace than to have a feast where there's quarreling, right? And again, this this episode really is about we want to preserve the relationship. So, your homework. What do people who know you well have told you about your communication style? What are the main areas you need to work on? What do you need to do to improve or nurture healthy relationships in your life? You know, what, what, what do you need from others? Like, you know, how do you feel about asking for help? So please feel free to send me a text or an email and then just let me know. What did you think about, what did you get from the communication between uh, Elijah and the widow? What, again, is your particular communication style? What is the feedback you've gotten from others? And um, what steps have you taken so far to improve on it now that you have more insight, hopefully? Okay, so we will wrap up today's episode. Thank you for listening. And uh, we will reconvene in another week. Have a great day. Bye.